Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you joining me as always. This is the show where we do our very best, of course, to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stalnecker. I am your host. And today we are going to share with you an older interview, but one that is as relevant today as it was when it was recorded and probably in many ways more relevant than when it was recorded Uh, We talk about the United States, we talk about the country that we live in as a Christian nation, and certainly we should. Uh, At the very least, the United States was founded upon Christian principles. We know that. Uh, I don't have to convince you of that. I'm not even going to try. But we were founded upon Christian principles. But we would have to look at the people involved in that, the writing of the Constitution and the founding of our nation, and conclude that many of them... Most, in fact, were not only those who believed in Christian principles, but were genuine uh, Christ-following Christians. They really believed what they were establishing our nation upon. We've long, because of that, identified ourselves as a Christian nation, and yet today we look at where we are, we see where we were, and we know that a lot has changed. So the question is, and one that is discussed in this interview that you are about to hear, is this, is America still a Christian nation? So much has changed, but how has culture impacted our practice of faith? And how has faith continued to impact the culture around us? And has it? (laughs) Has one impacted the other? Are we where we were? Are we in a different place? How can we move forward from here? This is a great conversation. I had the opportunity of having this conversation with my pastor, Pastor Steve Chappell, who is the pastor of Coastline Baptist Church here in uh, Southern California, and very grateful for it. Please take some time and listen all the way through. Again, this conversation is probably more relevant today than even it was when we uh, initially interviewed and, and had, this, uh, had this discussion, because we're asking these questions right now, coming out of the pandemic, coming out of all of these, these, these interesting political moments that we're coming through, uh, are we still a Christian nation? Uh, is this still who we are? Is this still how we identify? And if so, uh, what do we need to do to continue impacting impacting the culture around us with faith? Please enjoy this conversation with Pastor Steve Chappell. Before we jump into that, though, um, I would imagine if you've been to the grocery store recently, you've noticed that things are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. It doesn't matter where you live in this country. Things are more expensive. The economy, our economic future is uncertain. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what is it that we can do to protect our financial future for our families, for our children? What can we do personally? Uh, One of the things I would recommend is at least considering 
adding gold and silver into your IRA, your investment accounts. Take a look, figure out how to do that, and see if that is the right fit for you. The place that you can start is with Lear Capital. Call Lear Capital, and you can get their free precious metals investor guide. You can also ask them about their Lear Advantage IRA that lets you transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold and silver tax advantage IRA. Plus, Lear is offering right now Crazy shipping, uh, free shipping, and up to $15,000 in bonus gold or silver with a qualified purchase. This is something you at least need (laughs) to take a look at. You can call for details, 800-489-6450. Lear Capital is the most rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Call them at 800-489-6450. That is 800-489-6450. Calling that number, you will get your free kit and there you will learn how gold has performed during periods of inflation government debt interest rate hikes economic crashes even wars and how in all of those gold has been the financial bedrock asset in portfolios Uh, one of the things i love about lear capital is that they are an american-owned company proud to do business with americans that share conservative values write this number down 800-489-6450 call them today or if you don't want to call you can click the link below in the show description and the show notes check them out you will do yourself a great service by at least investigating lear and what they have to offer welcome to the situation report giving you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. Glad to have you with us today. My name is Jeremy Stallnecker. I'm here with Chad Robichaux. And uh, we're jumping into a topic today that some of you may resonate with. This may be an important conversation to you. Others may hear the topic and say, this is not what I'm interested in. Today, we're going to talk about faith, and in particular, faith in America and faith in culture and the impact that faith has on our culture. And regardless of where you fall in your understanding of faith, or belief in the need for faith. Uh, I'd ask you to give us a few minutes. We're going to talk about this and, and hopefully outline some of the changes in our culture related to faith and the need to have faith and to understand what exactly that is and the impact that has on our culture. I've heard people say this is not a Christian nation anymore. Right. And not a nation of faith. And, uh, and you know, I think the fastest growing uh, demographic, faith demographic in the, in the United States right now is. Uh, none. None. None, no, right. No so, I mean, um, yeah. so where, where does it come from? Where does the loss of our faith come from? And where is it? what's it say about the future of our country? Right. Yeah, this is a, a very, very important conversation. And uh, to talk about that, our guest today is Pastor Stephen Chappell. Uh, pastor Chappell is uh, the pastor of Coastline Baptist Church in Oceanside, California. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, he's been my pastor for uh, about 21 <laughs> years, I guess. So we've known each other a long time. Uh, in fact, when my family and I um, moved to Oceanside because of the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps brought us here, um, we started attending Coastline and uh, just getting started, meeting at a community center. Yep. Uh, that was a long time ago. We were all younger back then. Yes, we were. <laughs> Things were different back then. Um, but uh, you've been in the same community for a long time. And uh, Oceanside is an interesting place, kind of this, this region, particularly as it relates to this conversation, because a lot of folks here, there's the military, huge military influence, but it's also a beach community, so you have people really from kind of all walks of life, many of whom would have uh, deep faith connections, and some who would say, I'm here because I like to surf and spend time in the water and, and fish, and I, I don't care about faith. Uh, so really interesting environment in which to plant a church um, and then to grow a church 
and you've been doing that for a long time. So as we started talking about this conversation and talking about faith, uh, wanted to get your perspectives on this. Um, but before we jump into specific questions, and we have some specific questions, uh, can you talk about maybe how over the last 21 years, the, the uh, influence of faith in this area, and this is the area that you've ministered in for a long time, has changed. Uh, kind of the atmosphere around faith, and as you reach people and talk to people, and I've learned different ways to communicate faith to people. How has that changed in the last 21 years? Yeah, it's changed a lot in the pace of change. It, it seems to be quickening. Yeah. You know, back when the church was getting started 20 plus years ago, and even before that, I recalled that in general, uh, the church, in quotes, you yeah, know, right. was looked upon favorably as an asset to the community. Um, pastors in general were respected as at least good people, a benefit to the community. And over the years, unfortunately, at times of our own fault, various scandals and things not being sure. dealt with the right way, there's been a, uh, a lessened view uh, of the church. But as it comes to conducting ministry, you can't take for granted that someone will know who Adam and Eve were or that they've had an experience. And, uh, you know, routinely I'll speak with people today who'll say, I've never been in any kind right. of church. And so, it's almost like a missionary who goes to a culture that is not familiar with what we would say are the things of God, things of the Bible. And uh, you have to really be more careful to teach and, and bring people into the truth. Um, that, that presents its challenges. For me, it's exhilarating. There's nothing better for me than to share what Christ has done in my life and what that can mean for them and to see lights begin to come on. But there's definitely been a transition, you know. Yeah. Things have changed. I think Southern California is unique in the sense that things are very different here than they might be in other places in the country as well. Yeah. Um, so Chad mentioned this. The fastest growing religious demographic <laughs> is that of none. Yeah, just right. Identifying, I, I, I don't have a particular faith system or belief system necessarily. Uh, reports have come out recently talking about millennials. Everybody's against millennials, right? We all hate millennials. We hate them all. <laughs> I don't know why, but we're always mad at them all the time, right? Everybody's mad at millennials. Um, but now that millennial group is getting old enough that they've been studied long enough, uh, that interesting studies are coming out. One is that millennials, uh, by and large, get to the age where they can decide if they want to continue going to church and they're deciding not to. That's not unusual. That, that generally happens around 18, 19, the early 20s. But, but generally, historically, the group of people that would walk away from church come back later on, later in their 20s, their early 30s, as they're establishing their own families. This group that would be classified as millennials now, however, uh, something like 30% have walked away from the church to never return. Now, they still have a lot of life in front of them. They may return. But this is a shift, people walking away and not looking back. From your perspective, is that a departure from faith? <laughs> is that a lack of faith? Or is that just a departure from what we might call organized religion, um, you know, the church, and some of these other things? I, I think we're very negative about that, but is it as negative as it looks? Let me start by saying I don't hate millennials. Okay, <laughs> um, I, I, think, I don't either, but it seems like I, everyone I know, else I'm, does. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But they, they have a lot to offer, and, and I enjoy engaging them and working with right. them. And what's interesting is we segment everybody today. Everybody yeah, wants crazy. their group. Right. Okay, well, let's break millennials right. down. <laughs> They're from their young 20s to closing in on 40, and so even within that group, it's amazing how diverse they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, as our world has changed, and, and it is. Wasn't many years ago people would get out of high school, maybe go to college or trade school, and then it's like they're married and they have kids. Well, churches by and large 
oh, we've got a great children's program, youth program, and ministries for families. And there's this segment Mm. that we've just overlooked. And it was really just a small part for a long time. But now people are waiting much longer to get married and have kids or even deciding not to, you know, forego a family. And it's a segment, to be honest with you, we've, we've just overlooked at times. And uh, I, you know, I think there's another factor is young people are brought up and as they go off to colleges, as our country's changed, this, uh, I'm painting with a broad brush. Sure. This wouldn't be the case in, in every instance. But there's not just an ambivalence towards Christianity today. There's absolutely a, a hatred for it in places, and, and it's attacked. And a lot of young people who've been brought up, and, and the number you gave is right, 30% have walked away. But, um, you know, they say that really about close to 60% of millennials brought up in church have left the church. Mm, wow. And that indicates there was not this foundation spiritually and and, and those that have had a different worldview or a worldview absent of, mm-hmm. of God, uh, they've been able to undercut that. And, and uh, it, it's been detrimental. Now, the question is, will they come back? Um, you know, I'm hopeful they will. I, I believe this really does present us with an opportunity yeah. to kind of look at the way ministry is yep. done and what we've been doing yep. and uh, to tackle it moving forward. Well, we could do differently, right? Exactly. Do you, yeah. do you think that's a reflection on faith, though, or a reflection on the church. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, those that said they're never coming back, that, that would be an indication that, you know, Jesus said, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, sure. Lord, I don't know anybody's heart. I'm not judging anybody, but, um, and the Bible also speaks that in the, the last times, which theologically speaking, we're living in that era of history from right. a biblical point of view, that there will be a falling away. And so, uh, although this is a problem, it's, I think part and parcel with the day in which we're living. Um, but I, I think for some, the church has just been fired. That's mm-hmm. simply it. They've evaluated the church, come to the conclusion there's, there's no there value here. I've, I've talked with, with numbers who are just what we're talking about today. People brought up in church and, and they've left. And, and uh, they, you know, they'll often say, I, I don't make any connections there. A lot of what's talked about is not relevant to my life. And that would be an indication that more connections need to be made. Mm-hmm. And as churches, we often talk about our programs and, you know, how, how everything's to work. And we try to fit people into what we're doing. And one great thing about millennials is they're fiercely independent. They're going to do their own thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And they want a relationship. And when done right, there's nothing better than a relationship with Jesus Christ and a relationship with the body of Jesus Christ, with brothers and sisters who are, in essence, heading the same direction you are in life. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Uh, we've missed that, and we can do better at that. It's good. Yeah, we, I mean, we people in the church, and you know, I think everyone at this table, and I, I know both of you guys, we are, we're all Christians at this table. But I, th- I think people in the church blame culture, like uh, you know, they blame the reason that faith is in decline, the reason people aren't going to church anymore, the reason millennials are leaving church and never coming back. It has to do with the culture. When I, I think it's the opposite way. I think we need to take responsibility as a church and uh, point the finger at ourselves instead of pointing the finger at the world around us, saying, "Hey, what what are we what are we doing wrong? What can we do different?" And so, I guess my question for you is, what role does the church and do do Christians have in this uh, this decline in faith faith in our country? Well, you, first of all, you're exactly right, and it's kind of like 
red meat preaching, you know, throwing yeah. the meat out there to say, oh, the culture. And you're mad at get, everybody. Yeah, you'll get yeah, crabby yeah. Christians who are yeah. just so frustrated. With <laughs> that rock and roll, that rock and roll music. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, you <laughs> know, you, you're right. Out, right. It's fun to point <laughs> fingers. But, you know, as, as you, I'm thinking of passages in the Old Testament where, I mean, God was saying my pastors in the Old Testament, we think of that as uh-huh. shepherd in the New Testament context. God always said, hey, it needs to start with my people. And, and we talk about revival. Right. You know, that has to begin with people of faith. So do I love everything that happens in our culture? No, I don't. Um, One of the best definitions of culture I heard is the house where people live. Mm. And the culture is just where our world is living today. It does no good to chuck rocks at their house. Mm. We've got to go in. And and, I mean, the church absolutely has a role. I believe the church is the pillar and ground uh, of the truth. We're to lift up the truth. And... um, Something interesting, I believe, happened back in the 80s and 90s in church where in an attempt to be relevant and mm-hmm. cool and accepted, it became a lot more about the style than the substance. And we wanted to get really wide to the neglect of getting deep. And it did attract a crowd, but a crowd does not make a church. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we're seeing in the form of departure is the lack of truth that's being declared, of discipleship that's being done, of preaching that's true to the word, done in, in yeah. the right spirit with the right attitude. Um, but it, I, I think it's a little bit of a shallow Christianity that rings inauthentic with with a generation yeah. that wants yeah. to see something that's real. You know? right. What is, uh, maybe this is a two-parter, yeah. two, two-parter, but <laughs> what, is, uh, what is the importance of faith? And so I think this is an important question. Um, people maybe watching this conversation or listening to this conversation. Again, you know, people watching with all different backgrounds, bringing their own stuff to a conversation like this. Um, may just cross their arms and say, why does it matter anyhow? I'm living my life. My family's pretty solid. My kids are doing well. Um, I've got a job. Faith is something that used to be important. It's not important anymore. What is the importance of faith? And then on the other side of that, how do you communicate that to people that maybe weren't raised in the church yeah. or don't see it the, the way, the way that you see it. Um, I mean, both you and I were both raised in pastor homes, right? Right. Yeah. So um, maybe we had our, our times along the way where we had to make decisions on our own, but, but we came up that way. Yeah. And um, I certainly did. And, and, <laughs> so, and you had yeah. to decide later yeah, on and it was really at a crisis moment in your life right. that faith was important. So if you didn't grow up in the church or you had and you haven't had a crisis moment, you're just living your life, how do you communicate the importance yeah. of faith to those folks? Faith is an interesting word. Yeah. You know, for, for me, when I think of the word faith, the New Testament speaks of the faith that was once delivered. Right. Uh, as a church was started, the Bible says they continued in the apostles' doctrine. Well, where did the apostles get their doctrine? It was once delivered by Jesus Christ. And so the apostles followed. Those who were saved on the day of Pentecost, when the church was empowered, they followed. You get to the end of the New Testament, near the end, in the book of Jude, they earnestly contended for the faith. So in one sense, the word faith refers to the body of our beliefs. Okay. In another sense, it refers to belief in general. And, and I would submit to you that everybody has a faith system. Right. Sure. Um, you know, we, we think of atheism today. It's still a very small part in our society, depending what number you read, way less than 4%, maybe 3.1% would say, I don't believe there's a God at all. Um, but everyone has a faith system. Sure. And to the person who'd say, hey, I'm doing just fine, um, 
again, not not casting rocks at culture, but there is a worldview that that's how it's professed. It's called humanism. You know, I can do this myself. So when it comes back to faith in the essence of the body of belief, um, what I believe is there is power in the gospel message. And I believe as we declare the truth, that's where the value of faith in our life begins. You know, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. Right. And it's through faith that we're saved. The Bible says it's not by works that we've done. Mm-hmm. And so it all has to begin with helping people to understand that Jesus is God the Son who lived, he was buried, he uh, died, he was buried, he rose again the third day. Uh, all the evidence surrounding that, the life's change as a result of it. I, I love to point out that the followers of Jesus died a martyr's death for professing the resurrection. Right. And it, all they had to do was say, no, we're just kidding. And they would have lived, but they knew Jesus was alive. And, right. and that's been perpetuated. So uh, h- how do you profess it? I, I believe that ultimately I want to be as articulate, uh, as in touch with the ones to whom I'm speaking as possible. At the end of the day, my ultimate responsibility is to please God with how I rightly divide his word. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe there's, there's power in the gospel message. Romans uh, 1 and verse 16 tells us that there, there is that power, dynamite power in the gospel. I think we sometimes communicate the need for faith in very concrete, um, secular terms. Mm-hmm. You need to believe so that you can have. You need to believe so that you can have either things, you know, God will bless you and you'll have stuff, or purpose or meaning, or value, to which some would respond, I have purpose, and I have meaning, and I have value. I find purpose and meaning in my family. I have value that I find in the work that I do. And you know, we can find all of those things in a secular meaning apart from God sense. And, and what you communicated there is, is, is fundamental, right? It's, you don't need to have faith in God so that you can get or receive, although some of those things will come. It's so that you can have a relationship with your Creator, and, and foundationally, I think we all have a desire to have a relationship with, you know, the one outside of us or, you know, God, um, the one who created us. And, and, and in our search for meaning and value and purpose and stuff, that's what's falling short. Yeah, it, absolutely. And, you know, the Bible speaks a lot of faith, hope and love. Those three words go together a lot. And I think hope comes out of our faith when you have a personal conviction that there is a God of love and purpose, it brings us to the place where we can begin for ourselves to answer a lot of these questions the philosophers have asked. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? These yeah. types of things. Um, it changes everything. And, and when we think of millennials specifically, it's very much a, a hopeless demographic in our society. Mm. Uh, the loneliest, the most depressed, the most medicated for depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. things of this nature. The highest rate of suicide in a culture, in our culture ever. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and so w- when I see the lack of that, to me, yeah. it testifies of the absolute need for God. Yeah. And uh, it, it encourages me to do what I possibly can to help people one-on-one. Yeah. Before we jump into that, I'd love to talk to you for just a second about church. We all know how important church is. But things have gotten kind of twisted sideways of late. We all know that. We're experiencing that. If you're looking for a church, and maybe just an online experience because your normal worship experience is not available to you, check out the church that I attend, coastlineonline.org. It's a church that we've been attending for about 20 years. The music is great. The worship experience is incredible. The preaching is directly from Scripture. And I would invite you to come and be a part of that service with us, Coastline 
www.veteransonline.org. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is MightyOaksPrograms.org. As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his My Slippers. For a limited time, you will save $90 on a pair of My Slippers. This blowout sale of the year won't last, so order now. Mike has taken two years to develop the My Slippers, and they are designed to wear both indoor and out all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and Impact Gel to help prevent fatigue, they are also made with quality leather suede. Call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. This offer will not last long, so order now with promo code SITREP at MyPillow.com. As a pastor, how do you how do you help people com- to communicate to reach outside the church? Because so often I see Christians get it wrong. I, I can, you know, Jeremy and I, outside of, of this show, and uh, one of the things we do in our life is we run Mighty Oaks Foundation, where we we bring the solution of of Christ to warriors who are struggling with combat uh, trauma, post traumatic stress, suicide, things like that. And we we know that's the solution, but many of them are are uh, re- reluctant to come to a program that's faith based because of their experience. With the church, we just re- I just recently had someone that came through Mighty Oaks, uh, found a relationship with God, uh, became restored and healed, and is moving forward now. But they said for years their reluctance was uh, to get help for PTSD through faith was because someone walked, someone told them uh, from a church told them uh, what you know or do you have any their first thing they said to them was do you have any unrepentant sin in your life mm. which you know most people wouldn't even know what that means and and also saying that suggesting that you did something to cause this in your life. And so I just put up a wall with them. So I think many Christians or church goers that want to evangelize outside their church just don't have the right words to say. They're so forceful at times and, put, and turn people away. So do you, as a pastor, do you help train your congregation to be able to do that? Yeah, Chad, you're exactly right. You know, I've heard it said, I have no problem with Christianity. It's just the Christians I can't yeah. stand. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, that that's a fact. R- really in any group, sometimes people will say, I was hurt in a church once. And I always laugh and I make light. And I yeah. say, you know, I was hurt when I went to Walmart one time. But, you know, I still go back. Still go, and, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there's bad experiences yeah. to be had. And it's unfortunate. But I also love the way you frame that question. How do you prepare the people? Yeah. And I want to see people reach for Jesus Christ. I, I really believe that the gospel is the answer. It's the answer. Right. 
And uh, I, again, I know what Jesus has done for me. I know what he can do for others. And when I think of wanting to reach people outside of our church, when, when I'm teaching and preaching uh, at our church, I'm, I'm not preaching to the empty seats, or in other words, those yet to be reached. It's to those within the church. Mm-hmm. And again, when we think of, it sounds weird to say the advent of the internet. We'd say, well, that's been around for so long. But the fact is, what a dramatic change. Yeah. I mean, I think that contributes to the loneliness, the isolation. You know, we can have right. Facebook friends and still practically mm-hmm. have not had a meaningful right. conversation. Mm-hmm. It's going to take people one-on-one, going to others, sharing the love of Christ. It's done across mm-hmm. the street. It's done at work and, and in a number of different ways. And so, yeah, I seek to do my best. And, and and you're right. Christians at times can be obnoxious, and that's certainly not the way to go about it. I think we need to lead with love. And when you look at Jesus, there's just there's nothing not compelling about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if we would just observe how he was and who he spent time with and how he went about his ministry— I mean, there's the lesson for us right there. So as a pastor, I can never go wrong in telling our church, hey, look at Jesus. Let's do it like he did it. You know, And he was straight. He was truth. Mm-hmm. But he was grace. And that yeah. truth without grace is pretty harsh. And uh, he brought the two together beautifully. And that's that's what we have to work on. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what, I mean, the decline of faith in America, churches closing their doors, pastors yeah. resigning and leaving the ministry. About 75 churches every week close their doors, never yeah. to open them again. Yeah, that's. I mean, and pastors resigning. You, I mean, it's. What's the number on that? It's. I, mean, it's, I don't know, but I know there are many hippie churches yeah. today <laughs> yeah, looking, and there's okay. just not enough pastors. Yeah. So, I mean, with all that, I mean, clearly, want to decline. Do you see it turning around? Do you see a, a rebound, a resurgence of uh, of Christianity or faith in general? Yeah. Coming back in America is it, is it you know the, is the future good or bad? Yeah, I, I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm not despondent at all. Mm-hmm. Um, my most honest answer to that question is, I don't know. And I'll, yeah. I'll kind of explain that. Um, personally, uh, I believe that when Jesus said he was going to come again, that he was telling us the truth. And so I'm praying for his return. Uh, but this much I know, th- these are uh, hard times in a sense. Uh, people around the world are persecuted. So I'm, I'm not poor-mouthing, but I mean, the trends are heading in the wrong direction here in America. But, but here's what I know. Uh, Hard times, difficult times, even persecution has never been bad for the church. And it has a way of stirring us. And uh, I think in this day and age in which we're living, uh, the church was lulled into a sense of just soft kind of Christianity light. And uh, I I think this will be a great time for us to wake up and come back to our primary calling. You know, again, if if I believe I'm a child of God and that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven I have to realize there's only one reason the Lord didn't take me instantly there the moment I became a follower of His. He's got something for me to do here. And money's not a problem. The love of money is. Having material things is not a problem. We can, we can have material things. We just don't want them to have us. But I've got a primary objective in my life. And that's true. It doesn't matter where you work, what your, your calling in life may be. All of us are, who know Christ are to share Christ with those who have yet to meet Him. Yeah, That's great. That's great, yeah. Thanks for the time and the conversation. It's been a privilege. Yeah, yeah. really appreciate it. Where can people watching uh, find out more about the church, about yourself? Coastlineonline.org would be a place you could go to learn more about yeah. Coastline Baptist Church. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And everything's going on there. Yeah. And I'm there and, sometimes. Uh, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if anybody listening ever makes it through visiting, or if you're local to Oceanside, definitely a great church to visit. Yeah. Um, if you're traveling, definitely yeah. welcome to stop. I know they're welcome to stop in. Come by and say hello. And right outside the uh, gates of Camp Pendleton. That's right. A lot of Marines. Appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. Uh, Faith conversation. It's one we have all the time. 
Yeah. And we, uh, as you mentioned, consistently try to convince folks <laughs> this is the answer. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's in the vein of what we do at Mighty Oaks, serving our military's warriors, uh, just bringing a, a faith-based solution yeah. to a specific part of the world's problems, but it's not specific to veterans' issues. Right. I mean, the problems problems uh, of this world, that we live in a broken world, and the problems of this world uh, transcend all different demographics, and, uh, but the, the solution is the same. And uh, it, It's funny. We, we use a phrase. Uh, we've used it for a long time, Mighty Oaks, and it sounds like a simple phrase, right? right. But uh, if what you're doing isn't working, then why not try something different? Right. And uh, that something different is a relationship with God, and we, we talk about that often. People yeah. will come to these crisis moments and so I can't, I can't try faith. I can't, yeah. I can't even consider God. Um, and what do you have well, to lose? Is what you're doing <laughs> working for you? Because if it's not, yeah. maybe you should at least consider that the Creator has a plan for your life. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, let's, uh, let's sum up uh, with our situation report. A couple of things to remember as we leave today. And, and the big one is this. I don't think this is a secret to anyone. That the traditional understanding of religion and faith and church, all of those things we used to really have a strong grasp on, uh, the traditional understanding and definition of those things is changing. It is changing. And that's okay. We just need to know that. The second part, though, and this is the second takeaway today, is that Christians, people of faith, churches generally, need to understand how to communicate the need for faith to people in the world. Uh, as was mentioned, the world is changing and things are getting faster and people are involved in so many different things uh, than they used to be. The Internet has changed the way we communicate and people inside of the church need to learn how better to communicate to those outside of the church the need for faith. And that's an important thing. The third thing is this. The point was made, and I think it's a great point, that persecution and difficulty has never been a bad thing for the church. We are talking about all of this in the context of the American church. Uh, and our American church has lived in America, <laughs> which brings with it a lot of uh, ease and sometimes a departure from what we know we need in those aspects of faith. But around the world where there is persecution and difficulty, the church uh, and people inside of the church, people who have a relationship with God through Christ, uh, it's growing and people understand their need for that. And so it may be here. And we look forward to a uh, hope-filled, faith-filled future as a country. Thankful for the opportunity to have this, uh, this conversation. and appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you. And for those of you that are watching or listening, thank you. And we'll see you next time. Many of you know that my day job is working for an organization called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. I've had the opportunity to work with the Mighty Oaks Foundation for a little over 10 years now and very grateful for that opportunity. I served in the United States Marine Corps and left in 2003. When I came back from Iraq and got out of the Marine Corps, I transitioned and had some of the same struggles that many of our veterans today have. Uh, that transition time can be very, very difficult. I moved on with the help and support of my family and others in my close-knit community and really, in many ways, tried to walk away from my service. It was too hard, too difficult for me to look back, to remember, to stay connected, and so I chose not to. About 10 years after I walked away, I was reconnected with many of the men that I had served with in Iraq and even before that Iraq deployment and came to understand that so many of the men that I served with did not do well. I came home and I struggled, but I had a family around me and I had a community around me that helped me to get back on my feet and continue moving forward. So many of those that I had served with, however, did not have the same opportunity. 
They came home and didn't have that family around them, that community that could lift them up. And so they made some decisions, decisions that we talk about often in the veteran community. I was reminded about 10 years after my service that some of the men that I served with in Iraq came home and struggled and decided that it would be best for them to end their lives. Others who had not taken their lives, but who had struggled from one relationship to the next, from one job to another, and had never really gotten back on their feet. I learned after 10 years that walking away from my military service was not really an option. (laughs) You see, we think we can hang our uniform in the closet for the last time and walk away, but our obligation to those that we served with remains. It was at that time that I had the opportunity to get connected to the Mighty Oaks Foundation. It was just getting started. I met our founder, Chad Robichaux, and together we began to work on what is today a national nonprofit serving veterans, active duty service members, and more and more the first responders in our community. That's what we do. You see, Chad served in the Marine Corps as well, and both of us have an understanding, and so many of the folks, many, many folks that work with us now who served in the military and in the first responder community understand that we may get out, we may hang the uniform up, but we still have an obligation to care for those who have served or are serving. That's exactly what we do at the Mighty Oaks Foundation every single day. We run programs across the country for those who have served, veterans, or are serving, active duty service members, those who are serving in their community as first responders, police officers and firefighters, and others in that first responder community. We serve them by helping them to understand that there is life beyond their service, that their identity should be wrapped up in more than a uniform or a job that they've done or are doing, that there is a purpose, that there is a plan. In fact, that God, the creator, has something he intends for them. And that if they'll simply align their lives to the life that he has for them, so much of the trauma, so much of the difficulty, so much of their past, so many of those things that have a hold on them, they may not go away, but they won't maintain the hold and the control. Here's the message we try to convey and communicate. There is hope. And there is a community of people found within the Mighty Oaks Foundation that understand where you've been because we've been there. We don't have it all figured out. We're certainly not perfect, but we've taken some steps to move forward and we want to take you with us. That's what we do. How do we do that? Again, by communicating the fact that there is hope, by connecting with others who've been there and know how to move forward and by getting around you and supporting you as you begin to take those very important steps yourself. The Mighty Oaks Foundation is blessed to have supporters across the country that make it possible for us to do the work that we do at no cost to the veteran, the active duty service member, or the first responder. For you to attend our program, you simply need to set aside five days and come to one of our locations, one of our facilities. We'll do the rest. There will be no cost to you for the program, no cost for the transportation to get you to the program. We do all of the planning and all of the logistics. You simply need to get there. We want to remove every obstacle for you to get the help, the encouragement, the strengthening, <laughs> the hope, the renewal that you need. We're thankful for the opportunity to do that. Perhaps you are not a veteran or a service member. You're not in the first responder community, but you care about those who have served and are serving our communities. Well, you may fall into the other category then. Perhaps you're someone that can support what we do financially to make it possible for those folks to come along. 
Maybe your support is not financial support, but you know someone in your community, in your town, in your church, uh, in a club or something else that you're a part of that could use this kind of support and encouragement. Plug them in. Let us help them. Let us get them on the road. No cost to them. We want to do the work, but we need you to get them to us. That was a lot of words. If you listen to the show, you know I say a lot of words sometimes. So let me point you to the one place where you can get all of your questions answered. MightyOaksPrograms.org is our website. MightyOaksPrograms.org. There you will find more information about what we do as an organization. There's an application for those who would like to apply. Fill that out, application out. Our team will get back to you, set everything else up. If you would like to support the work of the Mighty Oaks Foundation, you'll find a place to do that there as well. And there is also a section for resources. So many of you know people who need help but may not start by coming to a program, attending a program, but they would read a book, they would watch a video, they would listen to a testimony. We have those resources there for you as well. So please come and join us at the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Foundation's website, mightyoaksprograms.org. Our veterans, active duty members, and first responders need our support. Maybe you're in that category. You need our support. And that begins by going to the Mighty Oaks Programs website, mightyoaksprograms.org.